of Mahogany and Friends. Today's episode is titled, Walk It Like I Talk It. We will discuss all things influencer partnerships and how the fashion industry's flaws around inclusion and diversity still have some work to be done. So with that said, let's talk. Today we will chat with a New York native who's, who loves to live life and share her interests and experiences, mostly centered around personal style with a focus on plus size fashion and brown beauty. She has a very unique viewpoint when it comes to diversity within the digital space and is dedicated to applying her background of public relations, journalism, content creation, and influencer marketing to push the needle forward in terms of representation. So please join me in welcoming Kelly Augustine. Hi, Kelly. Hey, how are you? Here. I'm good. Thank you how for having you? me. I'm hot. Yes. <laughs> It is a, We're in the middle of a heat wave in New literally. York, so, ugh. Completely. How are you feeling these days? I know we're currently in quarantine still. I mean, we are, legally, we can go out, but, you know, folks, you know, everyone's picking and choosing their battles. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people have been going out. I've been seeing a lot of people on Instagram, like, for real, chilling and yeah. hanging out with a lot of people. Yeah, I'm like- I personally am staying home. Yeah, I've been socially distancing. I finally went yeah. out for the first time to the beach. So that was like. Oh, that, that's fun though. Crazy. And that is still pretty safe. Yeah, I mean, it was still a little like I was all the way up in the Catskills and still was a little bit like there's too many people out here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I don't know. But otherwise, I mean, you're home and you're, you're healthy and happy. All things yeah. aside. Okay. Can't complain. Can't all complain. Right. Well, for everyone who doesn't know, this this is Kelly. Kelly, do you want to share a little bit about who you are and what you do for work? Um, so, yeah, as Tatiana explained, my name is Kelly Augustine. I'm from the Bronx. Um, I'm still yeah. in the Bronx. <laughs> BX all day, you know. Um, I am from the Bronx. I left the Bronx, came back to the Bronx, and I'm here now. So um, what I do for work, oh, man, I like to call myself a slashy. I feel mm-hmm. like I do so many things. So um, obviously I'm a content creator, uh, but I also do like marketing, consulting and um, content production for brands. Um, I, I model sometimes. I, I just, I feel like I, I do so many things, um, but I, I'm mostly, I'm a creative. I'm yeah. a creative. That's how I like to look at it. And I know I first discovered you through your blog. Um, what sparked your interest in blogging and how did you come to find your writing niche around fashion and lifestyle? Um, so I actually, I started blogging um, in 2009. I was in college and I was minoring in journalism and I just felt like I wasn't writing enough. And so um, at the time, like online magazines were mad popping. Like yes. there was... Um, Oh man, there were so many, like, I think it was like Cocoa and Cream, and then there was like Parlor Magazine, and like, there were just so many magazines, I was convinced that I was going to be like the next Khadija James, <laughs> and so I started um, an online magazine with a bunch of my friends, and we talked about everything, like food, I had friends that were working in food, I had a friend that was actually working with Anthony Bourdain, I had a friend that was working in Hot 97, you know, I, I had friends in different industries, one friend that um, is a chef. And so we were just talking about everything. Um, but it gets hard to like keep people 
working when you're not paying them. And like, <laughs> I was in college, I didn't have money, you know. So I ended up doing a lot of the content and then I just, I kept going. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually um, I started taking pictures of myself and one picture my friend took at me in Fashion Week ended up in Lucky Magazine, RIP. <laughs> and the rest was kind of history. Like people just kept asking me, what, what I was wearing and like where I was getting my clothes from. And at that time, mm -hmm. you know, the picture that ended up in the magazine, I was wearing a maternity dress. Mm -hmm. And they just, they wanted to talk about that. And that's, that's how my blog was really born, my personal blog. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, let's just preface, print is not dead. Magazines are still well and alive. Yeah, magazines <laughs> are out here. Um, but so I, I know, you know, you talk about your influence and that one moment of like setting the bar for you. My question is like, what did you, when did you first consider yourself an influencer? And do you even feel comfortable? I know that's a question influencers get asked a lot. Like, do you like how I don't really, I don't love the word influencer because I feel like influence is so subjective. And I feel like, what are you actually influencing? You right. know, um, I just, I like to consider myself a content creator. Uh, I would say I went full-time content creator in 2017, but um, I always saw value in it. I always saw value in sharing my opinions and my ideas and curating um curating things i i love to curate music and um places i like to eat and art and fashion and you know i always saw value in that and so i think for me um there is no like specific start point to it but mm -hmm. um it's just always been something that i've done yeah, and I think that's a question yeah. that people get asked a lot, specifically content creators, is like, when did you know you can do this full time? And it is, it's never a one size fits all. I think everyone's journey on that is very individual. That you went full time with um, content creation, but I know you also went to FIT and City College to receive your degree. Can you talk a little bit more about your experience um, with college? Um, so I actually, I went to three schools. Ooh, <laughs> I started okay. at the Rochester Institute of Technology. And when I started um, at RIT, I was majoring in um, hospitality management. So I he always wanted to go. Yeah, I've always wanted to go into um, hotel management. And I always saw myself like in this position of like curating a good time and like, mm -hmm really providing a service to people in that way. And um, I had gone to Cornell like for a program in the summer when I was in high school and I loved the, I loved the school. Um, and so I just looked around at their different majors and they had um, one major for hospitality management and I ended up going to RIT for that. Um, but I didn't love that program. And so I switched to business management mm -hmm. and one day, I got in the cartilage in my ear pierced and I went to the guidance office for something and my advisor was mortified like why did you do that to your ear you know like you're never gonna get a job and just made me feel like so terrible about this like one little thing that I had done and I'm just like I don't I at that point I just was like I don't want to be in an industry where me doing something so tiny it was like barely noticeable me doing something to express myself um would be used against me 
Right. And so um, I transferred back home and I went to City College and a friend of mine was like, hey, like I have this major at my school I think you'd be really good for. Um, and it was PR. And so I got accepted to City College and they had like a really great PR and advertising program. Um, and it was amazing. It was the best time and like doing PR and advertising in New York City is just like the penultimate. Like it was the best decision I think I've ever made in my life. It, I just, I could not recommend it enough um, because I was going to school full time. I w was working internships and I had part-time jobs. So like I was super busy and um, it just was like, it was a great experience. I was working at uh, Time Out New York and you know, I did, um, brief stints at PR agencies and I worked for like small boutique PR firms um that represented like wrap up magazine and um I love that magazine I used so I at one point once I I started working with them and um I started doing like editorial for them and it was great and I was working with the editor-in-chief and I was transcribing her interviews it was amazing um <laughs> and I also did like a brief stint at the production company for Anthony Bourdain one of again my friend was working for him so you know I was doing stuff there I was transcribing and I mean it was just awesome like it was it was a really great experience oh, um and when I, but I also was working at, like, I worked at the original Shake Shack. I worked at Dina DeLuca. I worked at Dilla's Candy Bar. Like, it was just, it was a wild time. Um, and then I did FIT after I graduated. Um, I have been in, I've been working for a while. Um, I graduated and worked at an advertising agency. I mean, a media agency. And I was doing media buying for LG Electronics. And it was a crazy job and I was just like not prepared for it. And I was a diversity hire and I got treated like a diversity hire. Um, and it just was, it was a really, it was a horrible experience and I just, I was not ready for it. So I left pretty quickly. I think six months in, I just, I left that job and I went to go work at a private school in Harlem. And um, while I was at the school, I just wasn't feeling, sorry, there's a truck passing, a huge truck. No worries. Um, while I was working, uh, at the private school in Harlem, I just was like, man, I don't, I feel like there's so much more I could do. And I was doing like administrative stuff. Like I was doing admissions and all of those things. And, um, I was starting to build momentum with my blog. Right. And I really felt like I could really work in fashion. And this was something that I had never considered before. Like I did not consider myself to be like super fashionable in any way. Um, but the more that I learned about the plus industry, the more that I got exposed to it. Mm -hmm. um, oh my gosh, you hear this guy with the boom box? I love the Bronx, <laughs> like I really do. Um, the more that I got exposed to fashion and studying it more, I was like, I want something, I want like real official um, education around this. And so I went to FIT. And I did the continuing studies program. I didn't want to do um, the like official master's program, but I did continuing studies for a couple of years um, and I got certified in fashion brand marketing and um, it was incredible. Like it was an incredible experience and I was, it was very, a lot of the things that I was learning were applicable and I was um, able to really lend, I was, I was the advocate for plus size fashion and, you know, thinking like I'm in a school in New York city and 
Like I didn't think that it was going to be something that wasn't represented as much as it wasn't. Right. Um, so it, I became like the crusader for plus fashion in my program and it was great. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I just, I love school. I love learning. Yeah, and, and it sounds, um, Okay. Anya, I was going to say, it sounds like you have had so many, you know, experiences within the workplace too. Like, I think it's something important, especially now that we're, we're thinking about it in the state of the world that we're in today, like how important higher education is versus, you know, IRL experience. Like, where do people start now? And, and you know, I'm just curious to know how important you think attending higher education is and getting a degree or not. Like, where do you stand on that? Um, you know, I think, I think uh, education is a personal thing. Um, mm -hmm. For some people, some people are better with learning um, on the job and applying the sciences that they, you know, just going with the flow and are very like street smart and just pick up on things. And some people really like school. I'm one of those people that really likes school and feels mm -hmm. like, a real authority or like an expert on something if I've gone to school right. um but do I think it's necessary I mean I don't think so I think um you know all that matters is if are you doing your job are you doing it well are you making good decisions are you being smart about it um but it definitely helps yes it definitely helps um and I will say like me being a consultant and you know pitching myself um, to work with brands, it helps that I am certified in fashion brand marketing, um, you know, on top of the experience that I've had um, in the space. But seeing that I went to school for ad and PR and brand mar uh, fashion brand marketing specifically, it really helps. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know if it's, necess it's necessary, but um, I don't think it should be a, a requirement, but I know that it definitely does. Yeah, sure. And, you know, some yeah. people have that, like, entrepreneurial spirit by nature. Right. You know, and, like, their lived experiences can justify the work that they can do. But I do right. agree, like, I think it's to each his own, um, which makes me to, which makes me ask, I know you have your own online boutique, August Ray. Can you talk about that a little bit more and how you got started with it? Um. So August Ray, it honestly just, came to me one day like I was shopping and I had so many tabs open and I'm like <laughs> oh why isn't there a place where I could just shop every like independent designer that I love wow wow I live on the concourse New York. <laughs> I live on the concourse you know it's about over here um yeah I was shopping and I had a ton of tabs open and I'm like man like why isn't there a place where I could just like shop all of these uh brands in one spot um and so the idea had come to me just kind of it, it i won't say haphazardly but it definitely just was like oh okay like this is definitely something that we need and it's one of those things where you see a need and you you want to fill it um right but then it slowly morphed into much more it was it became less about shopping and more about the designers and um, for me, it's giving designers the platform. Um, I really know, I know a number of independent designers in the space, specifically in the plus size space, and I've seen them get ripped off. I've seen bigger companies take their designs I've, and just like not include them in the process. 
Um, You know, I've seen people complain about the price of a $150 dress, not understanding like what it takes to create a dress in a size three and four X, you know, or, um, you know, people, wow. <laughs> We're good. I haven't I haven't heard a single siren all morning, and it, <laughs> it wasn't until we got on the phone that everything started happening. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like people complaining about like ninety dollar earrings, not understanding that like there is a woman in her living room in Brooklyn soldering and hammering these earrings for you to wear. Right. You know. So um, then there's also this idea. I just added vintage um, a few months ago. There's this um, idea of sustainability in the plus size space, and it's really not something that is accessible for us. And it is really a luxury for us to be able to like confidently shop for vintage pieces. Yeah. Um, so I really wanted to try to do the work and 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 research and find these pieces. And um, at some point, I would like to start doing on um, like upcycling and repurposing and um making stuff specifically for us it is an uphill battle and i am <laughs> working on it but uh you know the the idea is there the ideas are there yeah you were mentioning a little bit about about the issues around you know the fashion industry can you speak to a little bit about like why do you think the industry is looking more to creators um, as having influence over an audience rather than being together in a community with them. Oh man, that's a loaded question. Yeah, um, I just know that we're seeing a lot of people. I keep hearing the like the chatter around why influencers are not relevant, and I just kind of want to be the devil's advocate as to why that's still so valuable and important to brands and businesses. You know, I think when it when it comes specifically to influencers being valuable and I feel like we're constantly fighting this uphill battle of like people saying that we're irrelevant. And I think when you think about one person having a megaphone right. and they're saying something, they're only reaching the people that are in front of them. When you have a bunch of people with megaphone, like tiny megaphones all over the place, you're reaching so many more people. And I think, you know, people are very connected to influencers in a way that you just don't, you don't connect with a brand. Right. And, you know, people are very invested in like the daily lives of creators. And so, of course, I'm going, there's a trust there. I, you know, you build so much trust with your audience. I'd much rather, um, take the advice or, you know, take the recommendation of someone that I'm following every day. Like, right. I, I feel like I know this person. Um, and so I think brands know that they will never have that reach unless you are Fenty Beauty. And even <laughs> then, even then, like Rihanna is the influencer. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then, so I think, I think people just say that because they don't understand it. They don't understand the influence influencer space enough to really get the impact of it um and i honestly feel like a lot of people are just i don't want to say hating because I, I feel like that's basic, I mean, let's but it is like there's call it what it is there's a level of like you know people don't understand like how is this person getting paid 
to be themselves mm-hmm. or to be themselves right this version of themselves um you know so they just like they see like the silly things that influencer do, influencers are doing and think that it's like this frivolous job and it's really not it's really not there is some real real deep value in it um, yeah, for sure but it has to be the right person it has to be the right person and I, and, and I think every, with everything, when we think about marketing, it all is a balance. Like I grew up very much, like a lot of us, you know, Saturday mornings, cartoons, like those commercials, we very much knew as a family, like word by word, we, we trusted that they were giving us, a, we bought into the message, right? So right. for me, it, it's no different from, or it, for me, and you know, again, I'm playing devil's, devil's advocate on this. I think it's even more helpful for me to hear it from a, a person than it is for me to just get this infomercial that I'm right. listening to and you know some, there is something in that still that you know triggered me to to want to invest a little bit more time and in, in, in thinking about if this was something I wanted to buy into so I think we have right. to treat people also like remember influencers are still also people yes you you still have the the buying power to decide whether or not you want to, you know, buy into something, but I think it's a bigger picture other than it just being about the product. Like you said, we're thinking more so about the brand, the, the people behind the brand. Um, it's, it's, there's layers to this. So um, speaking of layers, I want to know how do you practice self-care in relation to your responsibilities um, as an influencer or content creator rather um, in, this, in these times? Um, I think in general, like outside of quarantine, I really try to um, schedule time for myself. Um, and I'm not, I've not mastered it, but I'm getting better at it. Um, but it, it, it's really important to just have time to unplug, have time when you're not on your phone, um, where you're not answering emails, and you're just sitting. Like I, I spend a lot of time just sitting and maybe like watching TV or just like, you know, doing something else, just right. doing something else. Um, there is, there has to be a work-life balance. And I think um, often people don't realize like the thing that you go to, to unplug, like going on Instagram for a lot of people or TikTok or whatever it is, going on social media for a lot of people is where they get to just like be, do mindless things and just like infinitely scroll. And for us, like, this is my job. So, um, and it gets really easy to, just be in your job all day when your job is in social media. So, um, you know, I try to develop hobbies and chill. And when I'm with people, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess obviously this is before quarantine, but when I'm with people, <laughs> I try to keep my phone um, away, like keep my phone in my bag and, and just like really connect with that person. Yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely. It's definitely a balance. Yeah. I, um, I, I guess I want to ask, you know, this podcast is definitely centered around the Gen Z audience. So what advice would you give to someone who is entering this industry? Um, I guess I have two pieces of advice. My first piece of advice um, is to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get asked a lot, like how to be a blogger and like, how do you build an audience and all of these things. And it's really ultimately you have to make sure that you're doing it for the love of doing it. Or you have a message that like you have this burning passion and desire to share. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people get into it because they think that it's an easy way to make money or um, they think it's a great way to just get some free clothes. Um, (laughs) And after a while, like that's going to burn you out. 
because it takes a long time to get to a point where a brand is just like really willing to send you free products um you know and then after a while you realize like I'm getting free product and I'm not getting compensated for the work. And right. this brand is taking my pictures and, and using it for other kinds of marketing. And, you know, it, it's a job. And so you have to really, and there's going to be a lot of disappointment. I'm sorry to say that, but you know, every, every pitch is not going to hit. Um, and you will be let down by some things and you have to really have that one thing that is keeping your heart in it. Um, to pull you through those times. Uh, my other piece of advice is, oh man, I actually forgot what it was. But yeah, make sure you're doing it for the love. And ultimately, yes. it's about doing it for the love. Um, you know, because this this is it's a hard, hard job to do. It is. It's a hard job to do. And especially for me, I think I, you know, I kind of accidentally <laughs> entered this space. And again, I still yeah. don't like, I'm still very confident in by trade saying that I'm a graphic designer. I, I don't say that I'm an influencer. I'm a content creator, like you said, Kelly. Like what I do is beyond influence and you know, people influence whether you take that title or not. It's not about that. It's to me, like you said, what is your what is it that you're passionate about? What are the things that are gonna keep you going? So I completely agree. But we also need to just remember to make sure we're getting our coin if we're going to be, you know. Yes. the ones to be a part of these spaces and, and, and be a part of these brands and helping them build themselves. So right. definitely agree on that. Um, well, I want to ask, do you have any uh, anything that you're currently working on or that you want to share with our audience? Oh, man. So, you know, you can follow me on, on Instagram. That's mostly where I communicate. Um, and I have the, the shop. It's August Ray. It's at mm -hmm. August R-A-Y-E. Um, I, I'm also really, this period has gotten me super interested in interiors and I've always been interested in interiors and I actually, that was the other major that I was trying to go into uh, and I only <laughs> wanted to go to one school for it and I didn't get in. So I just was like, forget this. I really wanted to go to Syracuse University for architecture. Um, but I wasn't, uh, as dedicated to it. And so, you know, I submitted for it didn't get in so I kind of left it alone but it's always been something that I'm interested in like when I was a, when I was a kid my mom really was so bent on moving to Pennsylvania and she <laughs> was gonna buy land and you know build a house and so like she was getting all these floor plans and like bringing them into the house and I would just like sit and draw floor plans as a kid um and it's just always something that I've been really interested in and so um I'm thinking about going um into that space and uh sitting and watching like house tours on YouTube and all of this stuff and just like looking at the space, I realized there's not a lot of brown people in the space and um, there's not a lot of people telling our stories. So I'm definitely um, looking into doing that. I also love to cook. So I'm trying to figure out like how to share that because people are constantly asking me about that. Um, so it, it's really just like bringing my personal brand into a uh, more of a lifestyle brand instead of it just being like fashion and I don't think I've ever truly only been fashion but I think like that is where um most of my authority stands um it's in black women and it's in fashion um and so you know just trying to push further out 
in the space. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful that you gave me your time today to talk. Oh, thank you for asking me to do this. Yes, I think it's so valuable, to, again, to represent and have Black women take up spaces and be a part of conversations. And so I really appreciate your time today. Guys, I want to thank Kelly again for joining me. And thank you for listening and tuning in. And on that note, I will talk to you later, Kelly. I'll talk to you soon, boo. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much. Bye.